The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Ramsey. The Prince, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. It's the Monday night uh, meltdowns. The countdown is on, and we are now just 16 days away from the start of the National Football League regular season. The preseason rolls on. Jameis Winston steps up big time tonight, throws a couple of deep passes for touchdowns. Jacksonville looked terrible in the first half, uh, but... Like most preseason games, things get crazy. Uh, Things got crazy in the fourth quarter this evening. Jacksonville plus four, never in doubt, right? (laughs) Never in doubt. But, you know, I, I, I said it on Game Time Decisions tonight that, yeah, the Saints starters are playing and stuff, but it doesn't really matter. Unless they're up like 30 to nothing, teams usually come back. So we hit Jacksonville. Plus four, we lose the uh, the under 40. We lose the under 40, and we hit an in-game plus 13 and a half, as I expected Jacksonville to play themselves back in the game. Uh, but, you know, we'll take it. We go two and one in the game. We get out. We didn't have massive money on this game or anything, whether we won, whether we lost or whatever. It's basically all sort of research as well. And we'll get into this tonight. A lot of football talk. George Kurtz will step up and in. We'll talk fantasy football and football with sports grids. George Kurtz. Uh, we're all about football uh, tonight. Eric Cohen, the Big E. Eric Cohen returns. Kicking it old school with the Big E. And if you don't know who he is, then you know what? Then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. All uh, right? Although, quite, you know, he hasn't been on the show for a long time now. How many years has it been since Cohen's been on the show? Probably, what, like 10 years or something? So, yeah, I guess. Uh, but we'll reintroduce him to you. The Big E, Eric Cohen, Kurt steps up and in. Our boy Mo Khan throws it down with us. We'll get into some baseball talk. Um, we'll get a little wrestling talk with uh, the Big E, Eric Cohen. The wrestling wars. So what's up? Do we have Monday Night Wars again or something? Seems like uh, this this wrestling war stuff is getting real right now. It's getting real. Realer than what? Like Tony Finau actually winning? Tony Finau wins for the first time in five years. Northern Trust. Not a major but it's for the championship, and there's two more to go. 
And really, I don't know. I don't think these golfers really care about any of this stuff. Let's just say Tony Finau made a lot of money and he finally won a golf tournament, all right? Um, he finally, he cashed too. Pretty big. It was like 40 to 1. Uh, he was like 40 to 1. But see, yeah, NFL preseason, like, I honestly, like, I don't understand, like, people that say, I don't watch the preseason. What, then you're going to bet? Then you're going to bet the regular season? That's like not studying for an exam, which God knows I did a lot uh, of not studying, all right? Uh, but proper preparation prevents poor performance. And what we took away from tonight's game, even though Jacksonville got the backdoor cover and we hit the end game, whatever, what we take away from this game tonight is that it's going to be a long year for Urban Meyer. You're not playing the Purdue Boilermakers anymore, bro. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Game Over NC. The pinch the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Shout-out to all of our glorious AM radio affiliates on this Monday night uh, meltdown. You like football, then you know what? This is a good spot for you because we're talking a lot of football. Mo Khan's going to step up and in. He was a hell of a wide receiver, actually, in college. Uh, Mo, Concordia Stinger. Uh, so, uh, yeah, University of Concordia's uh, Mo Khan, although that was uh, that was a little while ago. We're all getting a little older. Uh, so we'll talk football with Mo Khan. We'll talk NFL, CFL, college uh, football. Of course, the National Football League preseason uh, rolls on. We go into week three. Normally, there's four weeks. They're only playing three this time. Most of the teams are going to shut it down now, although there's still a few teams that haven't even dialed it up. And we'll get into that. Uh, tonight, but Jameis Winston dialed up uh, tonight, and Jameis Winston was incredibly impressive uh, this evening. It's pretty clear that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, and I'll give credit to, I, like, it's one of these deals where I don't know if the Saint wide receivers were better than I thought they were, or, and I think it's like, I'm not taking anything away from the dudes tonight, but I think it's more Dear God, are the Jacksonville Jaguars bad on defense? And are they in a hell of a lot of trouble? And they're in trouble on offense, too. Like, the fact of the matter is, they'd be a better football team with Gardner Minshew, but we've already done this, and they, they, had, they got the top pick of the draft. So they're going to have to play Trevor Lawrence, but it's clear that Trevor Lawrence really isn't going to be ready for, for regular season football, even though he was the most heavily hyped kid ever, right? He's just not in the best sort of situation. Yeah, to me, it's that defense, man. Like, dude, they can't tackle. You know, they can't tackle, and uh, they can't, you know, other than that, you know what I mean? Besides not tackling and being able not to be able to defend the pass, they look great. They did get a pass rush going against the Saints like third stringers. So where we're going with this is we win the bet with the Jags tonight plus the points, but I think, I think an under plays in order here. And I'll tell you what. Look, they're not beating the Houston. They're, 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 not, they're not beating the Tennessee Titans. They're not, you know, the Colts, even, I don't care who the quarterback of the Colts is, the Colts are going to be, be able to beat the Jags. And I don't think that the Houston Texans are as bad as people are going to think they are. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but they're probably better than Jacksonville. Late night anger management class. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. This team is fired up. We came here to play. All right. Don't lose. What? Didn't you hear what he said? Look at the fear in his eyes. Listen to the quiver in his voice. He's a little boy lost in a game of men. You think we should bet against him? I bet my entire college fund on it. You got it. Mo, $23 on New York. We're kicking it on the Monday night uh, meltdown and a lot of lot of stuff to unpack uh, here this evening. The biggie Eric Cohen's going to join us in level three. George Kurtz is going to step up and in and kick it uh, with us. Mo Khan will join us momentarily. Of course, we had Monday night football uh, this evening. Unfortunately, CFL COVID uh, issues right now. They had to cancel a football game. College football kicks off. Uh, this uh, Saturday, so there's a ton of football to get to. Uh, Josh Rosen, so A.J. McCarron is the backup uh, in Atlanta. He got hurt. Uh, Josh Rosen lives to fight another day. Josh Rosen signed in Atlanta, and news out in New England. So interesting stuff, kind of a weird story in which, you know, it has something to do with, with COVID, and it doesn't in a sense. So there was a misunderstanding of COVID protocols. All right. Um, so basically, Cam Newton left, left the area, except he left what was deemed the bubble by the National Football League. Now, we should note he didn't go to a club or anything. He traveled to a club-approved medical appo- appointment that required him to leave the New England area. He received daily COVID tests, all which were negative. Due to a misunderstanding about the test conducted away from NFL facilities and as required by the NFL and NFLPA protocols, Cam Newton is now subject to a five-day entry cadence process. So, long story short, there was a misunderstanding. He didn't go out and, like, party. He didn't, like, he had to deliberately do this. It was a club approved. He went to a doctor. Yeah, he went to a doctor outside of the, the, the bubble, so to speak. Now, you can say to yourself, well, this is incredibly unfair, but this is where it comes into play. He is unvaccinated. He is unvaccinated. So this is why he is now part of this uh, protocol. And you can say, well, you know, this and that and the other thing, yet... Now Mac Jones is running the offense with the ones all week. 
Cam Newton's hanging on to his job as it is already, guys. Let's be real. They didn't draft Mac Jones in the first round not to play him. So, like, you're not there. And is it fair? No. Did you get screwed over? Yes. Should the Patriots have known the rules? Yes. Yet, the fact that you're unvaccinated right now leads to to Mac Jones running the, the uh, running the offense all week and the coaching staff getting more comfortable with seeing him playing quarterback for them. These are the type of issues that come up if you are a quarterback. And I got to tell you, man, like, you know, to me, the two, the two quarterbacks, I'd be the first one lining up for a damn needle would be Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins. You're both hanging on to your jobs barely as it is, guys. Let's bring in Mo Conn right now to talk football. How you doing, Mo? I'm well yourself, Gabe. Always a pleasure, my man. Always a pleasure. Interesting story, isn't it, in which it's too bad. Cam Newton's not his fault. You know what I mean? It's not his fault. He goes to a team-approved uh, medical appointment uh, outside of the New England area. Yet, they didn't follow through on all the protocols properly that were agreed to. And now, listen, he could be back as early as Thursday. Except, you know, Mo, as someone that played football, how critical that is getting the reps with the ones, not to mention when they drafted a guy that plays your position that's now doing your job this week for you. Like, and so, like, it's sort of the debate. It's like, well, he got screwed over. The Patriots are idiots. And other people are like, well, you're unvaxxed. You're a quarterback in NFL. You got to live by the protocols. What's your take on it? You know, with Cam, you're absolutely right, Gabe, that he definitely is going into his last year as a Patriot because, like, you got Mac Jones, not to hold the clipboard for too long. And, Gabe, think about it right now. 20 years ago, when we had these rookie quarterbacks taking the first or second round, they would sit on the bench for a year, two years, maybe three years, like it was for Aaron Rodgers. But now it's go yep. time, right? These offenses are tailored towards college systems out there, and that's why you're going to see these young guys play weeks one, if not uh, in weeks two or beyond type of thing here. And I think for Cam Newton, look, he had COVID last year that we knew, and he did not play well after that. Heaven forbid, if he gets COVID again and he doesn't play well, that definitely makes the leash much shorter for his uh, tenure in, in New England. And look, for Mac Jones, he'll get this five valuable days going to the final preseason game. And if he demonstrates that he can play that position going to week one, we saw it with Derek Carr and, and, and Matt Schaub in Oakland back in 2014. We saw it with Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn back in 2012. It has happened before where a rookie quarterback has supplanted the so-called incumbent to become the week one starter, and they have not looked back. Oh, you're exactly right. And, you know, there's sort of the, there's sort of the, the adage in football, especially with a quarterback, that you don't lose your job to injury. Yet that's not true either anymore. Right? That's not true no. either anymore. <laughs> Dudes do lose. And as if you're bang on, I mean, you know, there are so many great quarterbacks that play. Brett Favre was an unknown backup in the NFL, right? Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers was right. behind Brett Favre after, uh, you know, Troy Aikman. I remember they were getting mad. Why are you playing Steve Walsh instead of Troy Aikman? <laughs> like, I remember in Dallas. <laughs> you, also, you also raise a good point. You also raise a good point, though, Mo, and it's almost the opposite, isn't it, in which the college kids that come in now, are actually more, they're more relatable to the OCs and they'll do what the OCs want more than the old guys can do. Like, let's be real, right. man. Mac Jones can make every throw Tom Brady's makes, right? And I'm not saying he's got the, 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 the football sense and the greatness in him, but as far as the offense and stuff, 
you know, they like to hit the quick slants, the quick outs, and if something opens up, we'll go a little bit down the field. Cam Newton's never been the most accurate quarterback. Cam Newton's better off throwing a bomb than he is a screen pass. He'll put it 10 yards over the running back's head, right? Like, so they have to sort of t- they have to change the offense for him. With Mac Jones, they can go back to running what they want to run. Like, you know, that, that's my whole thing with this. But I, and I'm not calling Cam Newton out. It's too bad. But like we said, those are the consequences, right? You didn't want to get the vaccination. Absolutely. You're not there right now. You might lose your job. It's like, it's the way it's, hey, it goes, it goes both ways. Um, it, it does. But I think too, Mo, is going to say, you can't lose your job to injury, but we know coaches are all vaxxed. Every coach in NFL is vaxxed. So I bet you right. can lose your job if you're unvaxxed. Like put it this way. If Kirk Cousins wasn't playing well, season's going on. You know, they're in week six and they're one and five or two and four and something. And then Kirk Cousins gets uh, gets it and he's out for two games. Kellen Mond comes in and plays well. Is Zimmer going to be in a hurry to put Cousins back in? He's going to say, I warned you anyways. You're an idiot. You're overpaid. We want to get rid of you anyway. So, no, we're just going to play the kid now. It'll be interesting. You know, like I said, guys like Lamar Jackson, a guy that's gotten a bunch of times. He's playing like, you know, it's a lot of other guys on that team that depend on him and he doesn't seem to care. You know, you definitely bang on with that. And, you know, you look at Mike Zimmer. He's on the hot seat game. We know that. Going through this year, there's no ifs or buts from, for the Vikes. They have to produce wins and quality wins, make a deep playoff run. For a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's looking for that next big payday contract, and we know very well he represents himself as, a, as an agent, he's not doing himself any favors, Gabe, to, to, to not be a leader in a sense that, look, yeah, you may, whether or not, wherever you stand on the whole vaccine situation, that's your opinion. But in the context of what you're in right now, in the professional of the business of the NFL, you are potentially risking paychecks of your teammates and your opponents if, heaven forbid, you get COVID-19 and it spreads like a wildfire in that locker room or towards your opponents. So I think for Lamar Jackson going into this year, coming off last year where the Ravens are dead last in passing, he's got to be much better than what he was in the last couple of years. Yeah, and he's missed like 10 or 12 practices already. <laughs> like, so that hasn't helped. <laughs> more with Mo on the other side. Talk Trevor Lawrence and more. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners. And I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute. $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm -hmm. versus in Cincinnati. Sin Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? The late night anger management class. This is Fortridge. I want to get into some college uh, football uh, as uh, there's big news. Big news uh, coming as far as the realignment is concerned. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I can take credit for this, but I was like one of the first ones out of the out of the uh, you know out of the box after the SEC deal with uh, you know busting up the Big 12. I said if you're the Big 10, you better be careful, and if you're the Pac-12, you guys, you know what? They, they're going to be coming for you. But if you if you align the Big 10 and the Pac-12, you would have the West Coast and the Midwest. I did not have the foresight to bring the ACC into this, but. Uh, there's uh, going to be a deal announced tomorrow. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC have aligned. Suck on that, SEC. What do you think of that, huh, Mokan? Oh, it's pretty big news. Huge <laughs> uh, news. So basically, though, everyone else is really just, like, left outside now, right? It's like, yeah, all right, Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC. Listen, give, hey, listen credit to the SEC. It's taken three of these other conferences to take you on. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. But really, if you look at this from a television perspective, the Big Ten Pac-12 ACC alliance is the biggest and most powerful thing in college sports now. They just crushed the SEC. You know, so the SEC has football, guys. All right. You know, their basketball is average to begin with. So they have, they have football. It's SEC football is big in the South, right? It's like it's sort of it's a yeah. niche. So, and from a television standpoint, their ratings guys are massive in Atlanta. They're massive in Florida. They're massive in Alabama. You know what I mean? In Arkansas, that's just, that's they're not exactly big, large television demographics. So let me just put it in TV terms for you. Yes, the SEC are kingpins, and it's awesome football and stuff. But if you're broadcasting. Again, would you rather have it like be on in Tuscaloosa or Los Angeles, California, San Francisco, and uh, and all the Carolinas, and oh yeah, and and Michigan and Wisconsin and Illinois and New York with Rutgers, like they've they're now that's a coast to coast conference. And think about the power of of the basketball. Dear God, Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, Alliance basketball conference. That's unbeatable. That's like better than some NBA divisions, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Gabe, when we look at it now, right, Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC to ask, hey, can you bring us on board, right, which we know. And if they said no, the Big Ten would have embraced uh, Oklahoma and Texas to come up to their conference. Now, I think the big domino now left to be played is what does Notre Dame do now as an independent because we know they had their alliance with ACC last year with what went down with COVID-19. Yeah. So what does Notre Dame do right now? Do they get squeezed out where they have to 
join this so-called Big Three alliance or continue with the independent schedule, which may not work in this world of ours, because we all know, Gabe, that at some point, every team that's independent will have to join a conference. And for ND, that's going to be the wild card and what they do the next couple of years if Jack Swarbrick will say, look, we have to join a conference because we might lose out on being in a bigger um, pool of money. And also in the potential expansion of the playoffs, going to 12 teams here, that we might not have the quality of schedule that, that we once had because USC may play, be maybe playing Miami, maybe playing uh, Michigan or Michigan State on a Saturday afternoon. So it'll be very fascinating to see how in, how these details will be unveiled by the big three conferences in the next couple of days or so. Yeah, well, that's it, and that, that's a good point. But it seems like, and for the record, I don't want to make it seem like the Big Ten is dead. Right. Or the Pac-12 is dead or the ACC is dead. So they're not it's not like, oh, they're calling it the Big Ten Pac-12 ACC or something. Now they formed it's an alliance. It's an alliance. But basically, this is what's going to happen. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt like teams. Some of the teams, the paycheck teams, Mo. Like basically now they're talking about football non-conference matchups. So football non-conference matchups, scheduling uh, agreements. So essentially from yeah. now on, like, it'll just be like, all right, you'll have Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan will play Ohio State still and stuff. But now, as you stated, now they'll play USC. You know what I mean? Like every two years or they'll play UCLA every two years. And like, it'll rotate. They'll play, you know, Virginia, the ACC, North Carolina. Uh, but it, and look. The Big Ten and the ACC already have their basketball challenge, right? So they've already – I'm not surprised right, the exactly. ACC's in on this too. So it's all TV, guys. That's what it comes down to. What markets do you have? Think of it like wrestling wars, like territories. And right. if you have like the Big Ten, Pac-12, and the ACC aligned together and playing conference games against each other and being watched in all those three regions – you're taking over America in a sense. And yeah, the SEC has the South, but now the SEC has to work harder to be a national brand, which they're actually not, right? Like, they're not. Like, the SEC isn't as, it's not, as, it's, the SEC's not big in California. It's not big in New York City. Except. No, it isn't. So it's, no. it's, it's just, it's just no. different. It's, it's like NASCAR. It, you know what I mean? It's concentrated, right. you know, in that area. For, for sure. And, and Gabe, I was going to say quickly here, the biggest winner in this whole alliance is the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 could have been lost at sea like the Big 12 is right now with what direction they're going because, Gabe, besides USC and Oregon, there isn't many desirable programs in the Pac-12 that will appeal to the East Coast viewership besides L.A. and Oregon. So I think the Pac-12 are major winners in this whole process, that they are going to be relevant and be a part of this alliance that keeps them afloat, that will bring more money towards them, because we know about the Pac-12 network not generating as much money as they thought it would have, but now with this whole alliance, it might up their value from a TV perspective when it comes up to the renewal in a couple years from now. I can't, you can't argue that, but it's a good point, Mo. Like, put it this way, between, between the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, the Pac-12 was sort of, yeah, they're luckier to be part of it than the other ones, right? But the thing is, right, exactly. the Pac-12 is fertile ground that was just sort of mismanaged. And honestly, you know, the TV executives see this. Guys, long story short, it's all about TV. And it's, you know what it is? It's basically ESPN versus Fox now. ESPN was the one that yeah. kind of, like, they've got the, you know what I mean? 
they've got the SEC rights. And CBS, you know, had it on Saturday afternoons, but ESPN's already had the, all the, the other games, and they're going to be taken over exclusively. So they – and then they're the ones – and you remember there was the lawsuit, right? The Big 12 right. said, you know what, ESPN is the ones that are conspiring to break our conference up for their own television ratings by stealing teams from our conference. And basically Fox saw this and said, wow, they really are going to try to take over and just bully everybody. And so, and Fox have deep pockets, man. And Fox have the rights to the Pac-12 and the Big 10, so they bring the ACC in. So it's really ESPN versus Fox. It's not like football versus football, guys. It's it's such like a TV. It's just TV and money, man, and for so-called student athletes. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> speaking of student athletes, Tre- Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is yeah. People forget that part of it. But Trevor Lawrence is no longer a student athlete. But I tell you, it's kind of playing like one. I don't, I'm not one of these guys. I don't judge wins and losses in the preseason at all, Mo. But I watch every preseason no. game, and I, I can tell, you know, what are teams doing? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? And the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of problems, bro. They can't tackle. Um, Urban Meyer already seems disinterested. Trevor Lawrence has happy feet in the pocket. They're scared to get him hit, yet what do they think? They're just going to turn the switch. But defensively, it was a nightmare. I mean, Jameis Winston's just lobbing these balls up, and guys are hauling them in for touchdowns every second play on their secondary. Um, and to me, like, I look at Urban Meyer, and I don't know if you guys remember, but it was near, it was the end of the half, and Jacksonville finally started moving the ball, and, you know, it was just dink and dunk stuff with Lords. But they're going down the field. They get stuff. They end up missing a field goal. And then there's, like, 38 seconds left or something, and then they give up a field goal. And it's like football 101, even for Urban Meyer, Mo. I realize as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, it's not rocket science, guys. You you make sure that you guys have the the ball to the end of the half here, right? Like, and just say, all right, we're going to no, run the ball sure. on this play even as a throwaway play <laughs> just so we – no, no, but, like, there was just carelessness. Like, in an after, he gave him the ball back, and they hit a couple of plays, and then they kicked the field goal. And I was thinking, wow, it's not just Lawrence. Like, Urban Meyer – He's up against it, man. You know, he's not playing. I don't think Urban Meyer's an idiot or anything, but he doesn't have the best players now. And he's not playing against bad teams anymore, Mo. I don't think this is going to end well. And I think Trevor Lawrence doesn't look ready, in my opinion. Well, uh, Urban Meyer's not playing Maryland anymore or Rutgers, right, as he would with, with Ohio State. But but the biggest question marks, I think, coming into the season game for the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be their left tackle and right tackle, Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor. Both were average last year for the Jaguars, and Cam Robinson is looking for a new deal. So these guys will be motivated to prove their worth now with Urban Meyer because, again, if you're going to protect, if you're going to protect your, your gem amongst the crown jewels in Trevor Lawrence, those two guys have to play lights out in terms of the blocking um, protection that they will provide for, or for uh, Trevor Lawrence this season. And not only that, though, Adam Sheffield just broke the story that Travis Etienne might be out for a while with a lower body injury. So you lose another weapon in that offense, you put more onus on Trevor Lawrence, can he get the ball to his pass catches that he has available? And that's why for for Urban Meyer, he's got to make sure right, hold that he's thought, up double. Yeah. Hold that thought. We'll hit this on the other side. I'm taking a Texans in week one. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Halfback passes to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Halfback passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. I can't bear this any longer. I'm leaving. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi, Series XM Channel 204. We're kicking it. It's the Monday Night Meltdown. George Kirkson's going to step up and in. So will a biggie, Eric Cohen. We got Mo Khan with us right now. Uh, former Concordia Stinger uh, kicking it uh, with us. And um, uh, TSN Radio. Um, so, so Mo, I, you know, I just put a play in right now during a commercial break. And thanks for breaking the news. We saw ETN uh, leaving the field earlier. And to be honest, he wasn't, uh, I don't know, if he must have been injured in the entire camp. Because if anyone was following the Jaguars camp, there were a lot of reports about how even in practice he wasn't being used that much. And people didn't know if it was just a, that it was a depth chart thing. And he wasn't, he wasn't living up to it. You know, he wasn't performing up to expectations. Something happened. So now I'd say it had to be, you know, he must be banged up. It was a curious pick. It was an interesting pick to bring him in in the first place, but I just put a bet in during the commercial break, guys. Another play on uh, another under. Jacksonville under six and a half. I just don't see this team getting to seven wins, Mo. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, even though, you know, uh, Chenault has got talent. Shark has got talent. Robinson's got talent. Yeah. Right? Uh, they've got some skill pieces, right. but... I don't believe in the coaching staff, and they looked undisciplined to me, too. I just think it's going to be – I think this team maybe wins five games type thing. Yeah, this won't be easy for, for the Jaguars this year. And, and, and I heard you say you would take the Texans in week one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the play would be on Houston for week one from a, from that perspective. But, but look, from a scheme perspective, Gabe, 
can Urban Meyer out-scheme these NFL coaches because he has never sniffed the NFL at that level of what it means to be. And now you're dealing with men, men who have kids, men who have families, men who are, who are being paid, not college kids who will listen to you and tell you and you tell them what to do, they'll do it. I think from this perspective, though, can they establish a run game with James Robinson? Because, again, you mentioned about the skill guys. James Robinson might be the guy that will have to carry the load until Trevor Lawrence is fully comfortable. And, again, Gabe, let's not forget, uh, Lawrence had shoulder surgery on his left side back in February. So he's only getting really into rhythm now going towards week one. So how healthy is he really? Because, again, he's going to feel a lot of heat. He's going to get a lot of hits coming his way. And if that two tackles of Robinson and with Juanta, if they don't play well, it could really make it a long, lean year for Trevor Lawrence and his office to thrive in his first season. And, you know, six and a half sounds low in a way. But it really isn't. I know it's a 17-game season now, but let, let's be real uh, with this team. So you have to ask yourself, and let's, let's look at their schedule. You have to ask yourself, all right, where are seven wins going to come from? So Jags at Texans. The Jags are actually favored in this game, all right? They're three-point favorites in yeah. this football game, and that's wrong. And that's because of all oh, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, and, uh, you know, they're, they're rebuilding and all this type stuff. But, I, you know, I talked about the Texans briefly tonight, Mo. And if you look at their depth chart, actually, it's not bad uh, on offense. Is it, you know, are they going to go 10, you know, 10 and 7? No. But Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback. All right. Looks like Desha- Dave Deshaun Watson listed fourth on the depth chart now. So I think they're just going to yeah. let this thing play out and not play them. They don't want the PR of playing them and stuff. But the NFL isn't doing anything about it. So they're in a weird spot. Plus, he doesn't even want to play for them. So I think they're just saying, you know what, screw it. Uh, so Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback. They're running back carousel. This is who they got. Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead. It's not young, but it's not <laughs> terrible. No. You know? Wide receivers. Brandon Cooks. I like Cooks. Uh, Chris Conley. Kiki Kuti. Uh, Jordan Akins, uh, the tight end, who's it's not bad, actually. You know, we got Tyrod Taylor, an experienced quarterback. Cully's a smart guy that's been around. He's a smart offensive guy. I'm just saying, like I said, they'll have a chip on their shoulder. They're 2-0 and in the preseason. Everyone says they suck and stuff. And the Texans will have problems against real teams, but... This is a winnable game for the Texans against the Jags, in my opinion, Mo. It, it could be a toaster for who gets the first pick, right? Jacksonville, maybe Houston, who knows? But but this <laughs> is a definitely a winnable game because because you look at it from this perspective, Gabe, right? You mentioned that that, that quartet of running backs of Burkhead, Ingram, uh, Phil Lindsay, and of course David Johnson. David Johnson is in much better shape this year than what he was last year. Phil Lindsay looking for that big payday because he signed a short-term deal with the Texans. I'm just curious about their defense because look how many guys he lost from the defense from last season to this year. Oh yes, their of course defense he lost J.J. Watt. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's where and look their their best player Zach Cunningham, the middle linebacker who no one talks about. So, I mean, he, they're going to have to figure out how to get heat onto opposing quarterbacks from their defense. But I know you spoke about David Culley as what he is, but I worry about him because, look, he has no experience as an OC. He has no experience being a head coach. At the age that he's at, at 65 years old, he has to win that locker room early. He has to make sure he convinces these guys that they have the right plan in place to go far. Because we all know, Gabe, that that 
Texan organization is toxic on the football field and off of it with who's running it from top to bottom. So this could be a long year for Houston, but look, I want to discount them against Jacksonville week one when they play them in, in that opener for the division rival. That's the thing. Nobody knows much about David Culley, but there was a reason why they hired him. And as you stated, there's a feeling uh, amongst the players in the organization and it's been this way for a few years. It's gotten, it wasn't this way before, but it became, and that it became the perception of, I don't want to say that they said racist, but there are a lot of comments and words and some actions that upset a lot of African-American players. And it sort of became a pattern. And then if you remember, the Houston Texans owner said, we're not letting the inmates run the asylum and uh, or the right. prisoners run the jail, the prisoners. And, uh, you know, they, they really would have. There was a lot of stuff. They, so David Culley, he was like, if you look at his life here, um, he was born. So a guy was born in what? So uh, born in 1955. So he's not that old. Uh, but he played football. And he was like the first black quarterback in the South. He was like the first black quarterback right. in in the South. And um, so they figured, you know what? This will be a good guy for Deshaun Watson. And this will be a good guy. Like he's into, he's like a civil rights guy. Like he was around and stuff, yeah. right? Like in, in the middle of it. Um, in, in the middle of it. So he just, he has that experience and he has that respect. But he is old, and he's never coached before. Listen, we all know he's just a caretaker, right? He he he's a step. He's like a, a segue to a bigger coach for Nick Casario to look at, right? Whether Casario says, "Look, we might hire Josh McDowns in two years or not." For a guy like David Culley, he may only have one year to prove his worth. We saw it with Steve Wilkes when he was the head coach in Arizona. We saw it with Art Shell 2.0 with Oakland back in 2006 when they had the disaster 2-14 and season. We've seen some coaches who have been one and done before Gabe that have not been given the second year uh, to, to a chance to prove their worth. So I think for Cully, he's got to win at least four, maybe not, if not five games to say to the McNair family and to Casario that this train is going in the right direction, even though it's been off the rails for the last 14, 15 months. It's been off the rails since that choke job against the Chiefs in the playoff loss back in January of 2020. So this team has not gone in the right direction, and now here's the chance to maybe pull off the upset and surprise a few teams if they're able to get great coaching from Cully and his staff. You can ask, though, who's more qualified to coach in the NFL, Cully or Urban Meyer, right? And let's look at Cully. That's a great question. Cully's been a coach. Yeah, he's, well, he's been a coach since 1978, right? So... He started in 1978 at Austin P. then Vanderbilt, Middle Tennessee State, Chattanooga, uh, Southwestern Louisiana, UTEP, Texas A&M. And then he made the jump in 1994 to the NFL. 1994-95, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver coach. Uh, 96-98, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver coach. Philadelphia Eagles, 99-2010, wide receivers coach. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, 2011-2012, senior offensive assistant and wide receiver coach. Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, assistant head coach and wide receiver coach. 2017-18, Buffalo Bills quarterback coach. Baltimore Ravens, 2019-20, assistant head coach, wide receiver coach, and passing game coordinator. To me, it looks like, and it's funny because people are like, who's David Culley? I'm like, I don't know. Seems like a pretty impressive resume to me. (laughs) You know, all good coaches and good teams he's been around. No, it's true. He's with Harbaugh. He's with Reed. 
He's with McDermott. He was with Bill Cowher. Like, he got to start with Sam Weish. You know what I mean? Like, the guys, you know, right. he got hired by Sam Weish. Then he worked with Bill Cowher. Then he worked with Andy Reid for 10 years. Um, then uh, he worked with Sean McDermott. Then he went to Baltimore. Now he's the head coach. Like, so it's funny when people say, oh, this guy, he's never, uh, who's this guy? It's like, I don't know, this guy's been in the NFL since 1994. <laughs> so he's only been in the league for 26 <laughs> years. Right. <laughs> well, I think, I think, again, look, his history, his wealth of what he's worked with has definitely helped him. But now he's the head coach. And that's the big question mark, though, Gabe. He's never been in this position of, 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 of status. He's never been in a position where he was a proper authentic coordinator of running the show. So what are we going to see from this Texan team moving forward here? Are they going to be a smash-mouth football team, or are they going to be that football club? Look, they drafted Carter, um, Davis Mills from Stanford. They expect him I to like perhaps that. be the heir apparent. Yeah, they expect him to be the heir apparent to Tarot Taylor at that position at some point here. So does he get a chance to play right away if this Texan team is floundering and need a boost in their quarterback position? So I think there's a lot of moving parts right now for the Texans, but they do potentially have a diamond in the rough in Davis Mills and what he could be as a franchise caller down the road. Mo call with us. Mo, we'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes. So hopefully, hopefully the COVID – the COVID outbreak in the CFL is an isolated one because, you know, after, you know, it's been such a great start and a fun start to the league and a pretty successful start at the box office for the league as well. A league that is a gate driven revenue league to begin with can't afford to lose games, can't afford not to sell tickets. So hopefully this is just an isolated situation with the Edmonton Elks right now. You would hope so. Uh, I mean, look, uh, the, the sense I got from some guys that I spoke to today or, or on Monday in the CSL walls is that they're disappointed that this came up so early. But the, the good news is that it came up early, right, Gabe? So they can adjust their schedule and, and make the changes necessary to have this can be played at a later date. Uh, again, For the CFL game, it's going to be like this for all season long because, again, they're not really enforcing players to get vac- yeah. fully vaccinated right now. There are guys, and we, we heard Dave Naylor and others come out throughout the course of the day saying, look, Empton has guys who aren't vaxxed, and there's guys who are vaxxed that got COVID-19 positive. So we're going to have this game. The question is now, and remember this, though, unlike the NFL game, CFL players are only in the office for about four, if not five hours a day. So they get in by 8 o'clock, they're done by 1 o'clock. So they have a lot of free time after their time practice at one one thirty local time, wherever they're playing. So these guys are out and about, perhaps just milling around doing what they want to do here, whereas the NFL wall, they're there for 14, 15 hour days. So that's going to be the key. How mature are these guys going to be making sure that they're going to follow protocols and not get themselves in this position like it was for Edmonton? Mo Khan, always a pleasure, my man. The late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Channel 204, George Kurtz will step up and then we'll talk more football, talk some fantasy football uh, with Kurt. So as we stated, um, we put in the uh, the Jags under six and a half. And, you know, looking at their schedule, I just don't see where the seven wins are going to come from. So Jags at Texans to start the season. And, you know, I get it. The Houston Texans, there's a lot of negativity around this team. I've said this a million times. And you'll see it in baseball, in all sports, but... But, like, you know when teams go, like, 1-16 or something, 1-15 and, you know, whatever, now 17-game season? Generally, they win the game early in the season, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, they won late. And, no, like, bad teams, you know, most of these teams are pretty equal in the NFL. They actually are. Like, they all have the same draft picks, and you know what I mean? Some people just do it better than others. You know, they're coached up better than others. So... What exposes a lot of teams in sports is depth. As the season goes on, they start to get injured, and it's like, wow, the rest of their players suck. They don't, you know, they don't draft well. Anyone, it's like fantasy fun. Anybody can be right in the first and second round, but the winning teams are the guys that have undrafted free agents and don't pay a lot of guys a lot of money that are good, and you know. So early in the season, bad teams can win games, and it's a classic example. You have two bad teams playing each other here: Jacksonville and Houston. So this is Jacksonville's schedule at Houston. Then they host Denver. Denver is like Denver are pretty good. Denver's defense will terrorize them. Um, Arizona. Arizona have flaws, but Arizona will beat Jacksonville. Then they go to Cincinnati. I don't think they'll win that game. Then they host Tennessee. Then they host Miami. Then they go to Seattle. Then they host the Buffalo Bills. Then they go to the Colts. Then they play the 49ers. Then they play the Falcons. Then they play the Chargers, the Titans, <laughs> the Texans again, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Colts. So I don't know. Maybe they could beat the Texans twice and the Jets once. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Jags win two games, maybe. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.